1: You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The Papal Conclave is a meeting of the College of Cardinals convened to elect a new Bishop of Rome also known as Pope. The Pope is considered by Roman Catholics to be the apostolic successor of St. Peter, and earthly head of the Roman Catholic Church. The Conclave has been the procedure for choosing the Pope for more than half of the time the Church has been in existence and is the oldest ongoing method for choosing the leader of an institution. A history of political interference in papal selection and consequently long vacancies between popes culminating in the interregnum of 1268 through 1271 prompted Pope Gregory X to decree during the Second Council of Lyons in the year 1274 that the Cardinal electors should be locked in seclusion, cum clave, which is Latin for with a key had not permitted to leave until a new Bishop of Rome has been elected. Conclaves are now held in the Sistine Chapel of the Apostolic Palace. Since the Apostolic Age, the Bishop of Rome, like other bishops, was chosen by the consensus of the clergy and the laity of the dioceses. The body of electors was more precisely defined when, in the year 1059, the College of Cardinals was designated the sole body of electors. Since then, other details of the process have developed. In 1970, Pope Paul VI limited the electors to cardinals under 80 years of age. The current procedures were established by Pope John Paul II in his. Apostolic Constitution, Universi Dominica Gregis, as amended by Pope Benedict XVI, this means a two-thirds supermajority vote is required to elect a new pope, which also requires acceptance from the person elected. As the Christian communities became established, they started to elect bishops chosen by the clergy and laity of the community with the assistance of bishops of neighboring dioceses. Saint Cyprian says that Pope Cornelius was chosen Bishop of Rome by the decree of God and of His Church, by the testimony of nearly all clergy, by the College of Aged Bishops and Good Men. As was true for bishops of other dioceses, the clergy of the diocese of Rome was the electoral body for the Bishop of Rome. Instead of casting votes, The bishop was selected by general consensus or by acclamation. The candidate would then be submitted to the people for their general approval or disapproval. This lack of precision in the election procedures occasionally gave rise to rival popes or anti-popes. The right of the laity to refuse the person elected was abolished by a synod held in the Lantern in the year 769, but restored to Roman noblemen by Pope Nicholas I during a synod of Rome in the year 862. The Pope was also subjected to oaths of loyalty to the Holy Roman Emperor, whose task it was to provide security and public peace in Rome. A major change was introduced in the year 1059, when Pope Nicholas II decreed that the Cardinals were to elect a candidate who would take office after receiving the assent of the clergy and the laity. The Cardinal Bishops were to first meet and discuss the candidates before summoning the Cardinal Priests and Cardinal Deacons for the actual vote. The Second Council of the Lateran in the year 1139 removed the requirement that the assent of the lower clergy and the laity be obtained, while the Third Council of the Lateran in the year 1179 gave equal rights to the entire College of the Cardinals when electing a new Pope. Through much of the Middle Ages and Renaissance there were a small number of Cardinals down to as few as seven under either Pope Alexander IV or Pope John XXI. Difficult travel further reduced the number arriving at the conclave. With a small electorate, an individual vote was significant and was not easily shaken from familial or political lines. Conclaves could last months and even years. In addition to the decree in the year 1274 that the electors should be locked in seclusion, Gregory X also limited each cardinal elector to two servants and rationed their food progressively on the fourth and ninth days should they fail to elect a new pope. The strict rules of the Conclave were disliked by the Cardinals and temporarily suspended by Pope Adrian V in the year 1276, before being formally revoked by John the 21st later that same year, both of whom had intended a new constitutioning governing papal elections, but died before doing so. Lengthy elections resumed and continued to be the norm until the year 1294, when a Benedictine hermit was elected Pope Celestine V. Celestine reinstated the strict conclave, but soon resigned the papacy. long interregna occurred after the reinstatement of the conclave. In the years 1314 through 1316, during the Avion papacy, where the original conclaves were dispersed by besieging mercenaries and not reconvened until almost two years had passed, and also in the year 1415 through 1417 as a result of the Western Schism. In the year 1587, Pope Sixtus V limited the maximum number of cardinals to 70 following the President of Moses who was assisted by 70 elders in governing the children of Israel. There was allowed six cardinal bishops, 50 cardinal priests, and 14 cardinal deacons. Beginning with Pope John XXIII's attempts to broaden the representation of nations in the College of Cardinals, that number has increased. In the year 1970, Paul VI decreed that Cardinals, upon reaching the age of 80 before a conclave start, were ineligible to vote in the conclave and also increased the limit of active Cardinal electors to 120. Though this remains a theoretical limit, John Paul II exceeded this for short periods of time with the knowledge of impending retirements. John Paul II also specified that cardinals who are under 80 before the day of the Holy See becomes vacant would still be entitled to vote, even if they had turned 80 by the time the conclave starts. Originally, lay status did not bar election to the bishopric of Rome. Bishops of dioceses were sometimes elected while still catechumens, such as the case of St. Ambrose. In the wake of the violent dispute over the election of Antipope Constantine II, Pope Stephen III held a synod of the year 769 which decreed that only a cardinal priest or cardinal deacon could be elected specifically excluding those that are already bishops this was however deviated from as early as 1817 and fully ignored from 1882 with the election of pope marinus i the bishop assayree nicholas The second, in the synod of 1059, formally codified existing practices by decreeing that preference were to be given to the clergy of Rome, but leaving the cardinal bishops free to select a cleric from elsewhere if they so decided. These restrictions on eligibility were rescinded by the Council of 1179. Pope Urbane VI in the year 1378 was the last pope elected from outside the College of the Cardinals. The last person elected as pope who was not already an, adorn- an ordained priest or monk was Pope Leo X in the year 1513, who was also the youngest pope ever elected. His successor, Pope Adrian VI was the last to be elected in absentia. In more recent history, it is reported that Archbishop Giovanni Montini of Milan received several votes in the 1958 conclave despite not being a cardinal. Newly elected John XXIII elevated Montini to the cardinalate almost immediately and would be succeeded by him as Paul VI in the year 1963. As the Catholic Church holds that women cannot be validly ordained, women are not eligible for the papacy. Claims that there was a female pope including the legendary Pope Joan are generally considered fictitious. Though the Pope is the Bishop of Rome, he need not be of Italian background. The last Pope, Pope Benedict XVI, is a German. A simple majority vote sufficed for election until the year 1179 when the Third Council of the Lateran increased the required majority to two-thirds. As cardinals were not allowed to vote for themselves after the year 1621, an elaborate procedure was adopted to ensure secrecy at the same time preventing self-voting. in the year 1945, Pope Pius VII removed the prohibition on cardinal voting for himself by increasing the requisite majority to two-thirds plus one at all times. This change was immediately overturned by his successor, John XXIII, who reinstated the two-thirds majority if the number of cardinal electors voting is divisible by three, with a rounding up to two-thirds plus one otherwise. Pius VII's rule was reinstated by Paul VI 13 years later, but overturned again by John Paul II. In the year 1996, John Paul II's constitution allowed election by absolute majority if a deadlock prevailed after 33 or 34 ballots. In the year 2007, Benedict XVI rescinded John Paul II's change, which had been criticized as effectively abolishing the two-thirds majority requirement, as any majority would suffice to block the election until a simple majority was enough to elect the next pope reaffirming the requirements of a two-thirds majority. Electors formally made choices by excessus, acclamation, ador- adoration, compromise, or scrutiny. With acclamation, the cardinals would unanimously declare the new pope Quasi Affilitae Spiritu Sancto meaning in Latin as inspired by the Holy Spirit. If this took place before any formal ballot has taken place, the method was called Adoration. But this method was excluded in the year 1621 by Pope Gregory the Fifteenth To elect by compromise, a deadlocked college would unanimously delegate the election to a committee of cardinals, which choice they all agree to abide by. Scrutiny is election via the casting of secret ballot. Excessus was a method for cardinals to change their most recent vote to accede to another candidate in attempt to reach the required two-thirds majority and end the conclave. This method was first disallowed by Cardinal Dean at the 1903 conclave. The last election by compromise is considered to be that of Pope John the 22nd in the year 1316 and the last election by acclamation that of Pope Innocent XI in the year 1676 conclave. The long, unused method of acclamation and compromise was formally abolished in University Dominici Gregis. Scrutiny is now the only approved method for the election of a new pope. For a significant part of its history the church was influenced in the choice of its leaders by powerful monarchs and governments. For example, the Roman emperors once held considerable sway in the election of popes. In the year 418, Honoris settled a controversial election upholding Pope Boniface I over the challenger, Antipope Eulalius, On the request of Boniface I, Honorus ordered that in future cases any disputed election would be settled by a fresh election. After the demise of the Western Roman Empire, influence passed to the Ostrogothic kings of Italy, and in the year 533, Pope John II formally recognized the right of the Ostrogothic monarchs to ratify elections. By the year 537, the Ostrogothic monarchy had been overthrown, and power now passed to the Byzantine emperors. A procedure was adopted where officials were required to notify the exarch of Ravana upon the death of a pope before proceeding with the election once the electors arrived at a choice they were required to send a delegation to Constantinople requesting the Emperor's consent which was necessary before the individual elected could take office lengthy delays were caused by the journey to and from Constantinople when Pope Benedict II complained about them, Emperor Constantine IV acquiesced, ending the requirement that elections be confirmed by emperors. Thereafter, the emperor was only required to be notified. The last pope to notify the Byzantine emperors was Pope Zachary in the year 741. In the year 1059, the same papal bull that restricted suffrage to the cardinals also recognized the authority of the Holy Roman Emperor, at the time Henry IV, but only as a concession made by the Pope declaring that the Holy Roman Emperor had no authority to intervene in elections except where permitted to do so by Papal Agreements. Pope Gregory VII was the last to submit to the interference of the Holy Roman Emperors. The breach between him and the Holy Roman Empire, caused by the Investiture controversy, led to the abolition of the Emperor's role. From about the year 1600, certain Catholic monarchs claimed a just exclusivia or right of exclusion. What comes to be a veto power over papal elections exercised through a crown cardinal. By informal convention, each state claiming the veto was allowed to exercise the right once per conclave, therefore a crown cardinal did not announce the veto until the very last moment when the candidate in question seemed likely to get elected. This however was not strictly enforced. As Francis II is known to have exercised the veto twice in the year 1799, No veto votes could be employed after an election. After the Holy Roman Empire was dissolved in the year, its veto power devolved upon the Austrian Empire. The last exercise of the veto came in the year 1903 when Prince Jan Punski de Colosco informed the cardinals that Austria opposed the election. Of Marino Rampola. Consequently, the college elected Giuseppe Sarto as Pope Pius X, who issued the papal bull, commissioned nobis six months later, declaring that any cardinal who communicated his government's veto in the future would suffer excommunication. To resolve prolonged deadlocks in the earlier years of papal elections, local authorities often resorted to the forced seclusions of the cardinal electors, such as that first adopted by the city of Rome in the year 1241, and possibly before that by Perugia in 1216. In 1269, when the forced seclusion of the cardinals alone failed to produce a pope, the city of Viterbo refused to send in any materials except bread and water. When even this failed to produce a result, the townspeople removed the roof of the Palazzo del Papi in an attempt to speed up the elections. In an attempt to avoid further lengthy elections, Gregory X introduced stringent rules with the proclamation of ubi perculium. Cardinals were to be secluded in a closed area and not accorded individual rooms. No cardinal was allowed, unless ill, to be attended by more than two servants. Food was supplied through a window to avoid outside contact. After three days of the conclave, the cardinals were to receive only one dish a day. After another five days, they were to receive just bread and water. During the conclave, no cardinal was to receive any ecclesiastical revenue. Gregory X's strict regulations were abolished in the year 1276 by Adrian V, but Celestine V, elected in the year 1294, following a two-year vacancy, restored them. In the year 1562, Pius IV issued a papal bull that introduced regulations relating to the enclosure of the conclave and other procedures. Gregory XV issued two bulls that covered the most minute of details relating to election. The first in 1621 concerned the electoral process, while the other in 1622 fixed the ceremonies to be observed. In 1904 Pope Pius X issued a constitution consolidating almost all the previous rules, making some changes. Several reforms were also instituted by John Paul II in 1996. The location of conclaves was not fixed until the 14th century. Since the Western Schism, however, elections have always been held in Rome, except the conclave of the year 1800, when French troops occupying Rome forced the elections to be held in Venice. And normally in what, since the Lateran treaties of the, have become the independent Vatican city-state, Since the year 1846, the Quirinal Palace was used. The Sistine Chapel in the Vatican has always served as the location of the elections. Today's modern practice of conclave. In the year 1996, John Paul II promulgated a new apostolic constitution called Universi Dominici Gregis, in Latin for the Lord's whole flock, which with a slight modification by Pope Benedict XVI, now governs the election of the Pope, abolishing all previous constitutions on the matter, but preserving many of the procedures that date back to much earlier times. Under this new apostolic constitution, the cardinals are to be lodged in a purpose-built edifice, the Doma Sanctae, Marthae, but are to continue to vote in the Sistine Chapel. Several duties are performed by the Dean of College of Cardinals who is always a Cardinal Bishop. If the Dean is not entitled to participate in the Conclave owing to age, his place is taken by the sub-Dean, who is always a Cardinal Bishop. Since the Cardinal of Colleges is a small body, there have been proposals that the electorate should be expanded. Proposed reforms included a plan to replace the College of Cardinals as the Electoral Body with the Synod of Bishops, which includes many more members. Under the present procedure, however, the Synod may only meet when called by the Pope. Universae Dominici Gregis explicitly provides that even if a synod or economical council is in session at the time of a pope's death it may not perform the election under the pope's death either body's proceedings are suspended and to be resumed only upon the order of a new pope the death of a pope is verified by the Cardinal Camelago or Chamberlain who traditionally performs the task by gently striking the Pope's head with a small silver hammer and calling out his Christian not his papal name three times. During the 20th century the use of the hammer in this ritual has been abandoned. Under Universi Dominici Gregis, the Camerlengo must merely declare the Pope's death in the presence of the master of papal liturgical celebrations and of the cleric prelates, secretary-chancellor, and apostolic camera. The Cardinal Camerlengo takes possession of the Ring of the Fisherman, worn by the Pope. The Ring, along with the Papal seal, is later destroyed before the College of the Cardinals. The tradition originated to avoid forgery of the documents, but today merely is a symbol of the end of the Pope's reign. During the said vacante, as the papal vacancy is known, certain limited powers pass to the College of the Cardinals, which is convoked by the Dean of the College of the Cardinals. All Cardinals are obligated to attend the general congregation of the Cardinals except those whose health does not permit or who are over 80 years old but the Cardinals may choose to attend if they please, but they will not vote. The congregations must make certain arrangements in respect of the Pope's burial, which by tradition takes place within four to six days of the Pope's death, leaving time for pilgrims to see the dead pontiff and to be followed by a nine-day mourning period. The congregations also fix the date and time of the commencement of the conclave. The conclave normally takes place 15 days after the death of a pope, but the congregations may extend the period to a maximum of 20 days in order to permit other cardinals to arrive in the Vatican City. The vacancy in the papal office may also result from a papal resignation. Until the resignation of Benedict XVI on February 28, 2013, no pope had abdicated since Gregory VII in the year 1415. In his book, The Light of the World, Benedict XVI had espoused the idea of abdication on health grounds, which already had some theological respectability. Before the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, the Cardinals hear two sermons before the election, one before actually entering the conclave, and one once they are settled in the Sistine Chapel. In both cases, the sermons are meant to lay out the current state of the church and to suggest the qualities necessary for a pope to possess in that specific time. On the morning of the day designated by the Congregations of the Cardinals, the Cardinal electors assemble in St. Peter's Basilica to celebrate the Eucharist. Then, they gather in the afternoon in the Pauline chapels of the Palace of the Vatican, proceeding to the Sistine Chapel, while singing the Veni Creator Spiritus, The Cardinals then take an oath to observe the procedures set down by the Apostolic Constitutions to, if elected, defend the liberty of the Holy See, to maintain secrecy, and to disregard the instructions of secular authorities on voting. the Cardinal Dean reads the oath aloud in full in order of precedence. The other Cardinal electors merely state while touching the Gospels that they do so promise, pledge, and swear. After all the Cardinals present have taken the oath, the master of the papal liturgical celebration orders all individuals other than the cardinal electors and conclave participants to leave the chapel. Traditionally he stands at the door of the Sistine Chapel and calls out extra omnis which is Latin for everybody else out. He then closes the door. The master himself may remain as may one ecclesiastical designated by the congregations prior to the commencement of the election. The ecclesiastics make a speech concerning the problems facing the church and on the qualities of the new pope needs to have. After the speech concludes, the ecclesiastics leaves. Following the resuscitation of prayers, the Cardinal Dean asks if any doubts relating to procedure remain after the clarification of doubts, the election may commence. Cardinals who arrive after the conclave has begun are admitted nevertheless. An ill cardinal may leave the conclave and later be readmitted. A cardinal who leaves for any reason other than illness may not return to the conclave. Although in the past cardinal electors should be accompanied by attendants, now only a nurse may accompany a cardinal for reasons of ill health as confirmed by the congregation of Cardinals. The secretary of the College of Cardinals, the master of papal liturgical celebrations, two masters of ceremonies, two officers of the papal secretary, an ecclesiastic assisting the dean of College of Cardinals are also admitted to the conclaves. Priests are available to hear confessions in different languages. Two doctors are also admitted. Finally, a strict limited number of servant staff are permitted for housekeeping and preparing the serving of meals. Secrecy is maintained during the conclave. The Cardinals as well as the conclavists, our staff, are forbidden to disclose any information relating to the election. Cardinal electors may not correspond or converse with anyone outside the conclave, by post, radio, telephone, or otherwise, and eavesdropping is an offense punishable by excommunication. Only three cardinal electors are admitted to communicate with the outside world under grave circumstances. Before the conclave that elected Pope Benedict XVI the Sistine Chapel was swept using the latest electronic devices to detect any hidden bugs or surveillance devices. There were no reports that any were found, but in previous conclaves there were discovered press reporters who had disguised themselves as conclave servants. On the afternoon of the first day, one ballot may be held. If a ballot takes place on the afternoon of the first day and no one is elected, or no ballot had taken place, four ballots are held each successive day, two each morning and two in each afternoon. Before voting in the morning, and again before voting in the afternoon, the elector has taken oath to obey the rules of the Conclave. If no result is obtained after three vote days of balloting, the process is suspended for a maximum of one day for prayer and address by the Senior Cardinal Deacon. After seven further ballots, the process may again be similarly disp- suspended with the address now being delivered by the Senior Cardinal Priest. If, after another seven ballots, no result is achieved, voting is suspended once more, the address being delivered by the Senior Cardinal Bishop. After a further seven ballots, there shall be a day of prayer, reflection, and dialogue. In the following ballots, only two names who are received the most votes in the last ballot shall be eligible in a runoff election. However, the two people who are being voted on, if Cardinal electors, shall themselves not have the right to vote. Once the election concludes, the Cardinal Dean summons the Secretary of the College of Cardinals and master of the papal liturgical celebrations into the call. The cardinal dean then asks the pope elect if he assents to the election, saying in Latin, Acceptance election de te factum in sumo pontificum, in Latin for, Do you accept your canonical election as supreme pontiff? There is no requirement that the pope elect do so. He is free to say non excepto or I do not accept. In practice, however, any political Pope-elect who intends not to accept will explicitly state this before he has been given sufficient number of votes to become Pope. This has happened in modern times with Giovanni Colombo in October 1978. If he accepts, and is already a bishop, he immediately takes office. If he is not a bishop, he must first be consecrated, as one before can assume the office. If a priest is elected, the cardinal dean consecrates him bishop. If a layman is elected, then the cardinal dean first ordains him a deacon, then a priest, and only then consecrates him as a bishop. After only after becoming a bishop does the post-elect take office. Later, the new pope goes to the Room of Tears, a small red room next to the Sistine Chapel. The pope dresses by himself, choosing a set of pontifical robes. Then he vests a gold-colored pectoral cross and a red embroidered stole. The new pope then gives his first apopulistic blessing, Orbe et Orbu, to the city of Rome and the world. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet.